0: Hey, everyone, quick disclosure for me at the top. This
1: episode is about Disney, and I am a former Disney employee. I worked at ABC News a few lifetimes ago. They still have some retirement funds for me. Okay, on with the show. When you think about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his relationship with the Walt Disney Company, I want you to forget what you think you know and instead consider this. Before the governor went on an anti-woke crusade, he didn't hate Disney. In fact, he was a bit of a Disney adult. His wife, Casey, her family,
2: they're um, they are big Disney fans. And of course, the DeSantises were married at Disney.
1: Lori Rosa reports on Florida for the Washington Post. Hold it, I did not realize that. He was married at Disney World? There was a time when clearly they were fond of Disney. And maybe still are.
2: But, you know, Governor has has certainly made life interesting for the company in the past year.
1: Governor DeSantis has made life interesting for his corporate nemesis over the past few months by trying to wrest control of their theme parks away from them. He says he's doing this because he doesn't like the content they produce. It's too liberal. The spring, DeSantis appointed a special board to oversee Disney. And in return, Disney's taken the governor to court. Neither side seems particularly happy about any of this.
0: All right.
1: Thanks. Back in April, DeSantis even held a press conference where he openly speculated about all the ways he could make life in and around Disney World. A little less comfortable.
3: Oh, but come to think of it, now people are like, "Well, there's, what should we do with this land?" And so you know, it's like, okay, kids. I mean, people have said, you know, maybe, maybe have uh, another, uh, maybe create a state park, maybe try to do more amusement uh, parks. Uh, someone even said like. Maybe you need another state prison. Who knows? I mean, I just think that the, the possibilities are, 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 are endless. And so that
1: is. Then DeSantis paying. turned the mic over to his colleagues from the state legislature. As
0: our great governor has said, Florida is the place where woke goes to die. Thank you.
1: One by one, these lawmakers played to an exuberant crowd.
3: I know this governor, and I know this governor well. So I have a couple words for Disney. You are not going to win this fight. This governor will.
1: What's so strange about all this for Lori Rosa is that for decades, the typical Florida politician wasn't a Disney hater or a Disney adult. The relationship was a lot more transactional than that. It was
2: about taking their checks in Tallahassee. The sort of whole um, cadre of lobbyists kept Disney pretty much getting what it wanted over all these years.
1: Disney kind of feel like a shadow legislator in Tallahassee? I don't even
2: know if it's a shadow. It's just like um, one uh, longtime state rep told me that it was the third rail of politics in Florida, that you, it's, just, it's just something you deal with. Take the checks,
1: do what they want, and move on. Today on the show, how Florida's relationship with Disney has devolved. Thanks to one man, the governor. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit
0: card. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.
1: This feud started more than a year ago when Disney's employees pressured the company into speaking out against the parental rights and education bill which some people started calling Don't Say Gay. Can you just bring me back to that moment? Like, what was going on? Because my understanding is like the bill passed and the employees were basically upset that Disney didn't try to get in front of it, right? Yeah,
2: that was it. It was a controversial bill. I mean, the moment it landed in Tallahassee and it um, it drew protests and a lot of concerns from a lot of different parts of Florida. But Disney, which has been, you know, welcoming the LGBT community for a long time was silent. Hmm. Did that surprise you? Well, in a way, no, because they don't get overtly political. They do behind-the-scenes political with you know donations and lobbying and whatnot. They don't come out and campaign for things in general. So it didn't really surprise me. But when the walkout started in California with the creative teams and and then the you know the social media campaigns to Insist that Disney do say something. That's when I think the Disney CEO at the time, Bob Chapek, was obligated to say something. Yeah, it felt like he was pressured. I can't believe he said as much. You know, kind of missed the moment because he waited long enough, and then he called the governor. According to the governor's Governor DeSantis's book, and you know, said who won't ever knows what they really said. But the call didn't do any good. And then the bill passed, the governor signed it, and Chapek came out with a statement saying we're going to work to repeal it, and that set Ron DeSantis off. I mean, he became almost furious. You could see him at the press conference when he was uh, quoting Chapek's message, just saying, we will not have that. We will not have a woke Burbank corporation telling us what to do in Florida.
3: This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives, they do not run this state. They do not control this state. I also thought, and
2: that's really when it all started. That's when the you know people Desantis floated the idea of maybe you know getting rid of Reedy Creek. Why should they be special?
1: That's what started it all. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Reedy Creek because for more than fifty years, Disney essentially ruled itself in this Reedy Creek district and. That seemed to be something that Ron DeSantis saw immediately when he got this criticism and said, oh, well, I can go after Reedy Creek. What are some of the special privileges Disney had? Being a a special taxing district allowed it to
2: become essentially its own county government. There are almost 2,000 special taxing districts in Florida. You know, they're everywhere. I live in one. They take care of roads and drainage, you know, little things specific to neighborhoods. So this isn't rare. Not at all. It's rare to have one as huge as Disney is. The property, it's um, nearly 40 square miles. It's really big. And it's rare to have one with the company that has the wherewithal to build a nuclear power plant if it wants. And that was one of the allowances in their special taxing district. They enabled themselves to build pretty much whatever they wanted without having to go through county permitting process, for example, or county inspectors. At the time in 1967, the counties back then, Orange County, Osceola County, there were mostly, you know, cow towns and and Orange Grove's, they didn't have the tax structure or even the ability to raise taxes to build roads, to build what Disney needed to become the Magic Kingdom. So it made sense all around to folks 50-some years ago to let Disney do it. Disney was willing to sink the money, take the risk. Why not let them
1: have their own little county, essentially, which is what Reedy Creek became. Eventually, the Disney park in Reedy Creek became the backbone of Florida's tourism industry. It maintained its status, at least partly, through generous donations to Florida politicians, But when Disney came out against Don't Say Gay, the company also said it would no longer donate to political campaigns. And Ron DeSantis issued a statement that it was time to get rid of Reedy Creek. There was a lot of shock
2: because going after Disney is unthinkable. Folks, a lot of... um residents and um, some progressive lawmakers in Central Florida have for years been trying to hold Disney accountable and to the same standards as other businesses, make them more transparent, you know, let us know what's going on inside the Magic Kingdom. Disney has successfully shielded themselves pretty well with the help of lawmakers. But Ron DeSantis, when he went after Reedy Creek, it was like, he, he'll never win or, or Disney will either fight or just be quiet and keep giving money and this will all, will all blow away. But that's not what happened. You know, Ron DeSantis has made it part of his brand that um you know he he doesn't back down is the way he puts it. In fact, the super PAC supporting his uh, his unannounced presidential campaign is called never Back down. And so for him to even pretend to compromise or seem to compromise with disney would uh, would be against what he you know his brand is at this point. So he when he said whether it was out of anger or whether it was calculated, maybe both said, you know, we're basically not going to let Disney push us around. That's shocked people, but it's, he he's only,
1: he's only doubled and tripled down since then. So what did they do legislatively? They initially passed something to kind of change the tax status, right? So last year's special legislative session called by the governor dissolved
2: Reedy Creek. They gave it a year to go away for Disney to figure out how to handle its, you know, Taxing issues, its bond issues. It was supposed to end in June of this year. Was that popular? It was scary for a lot of the legislators because, like, you know, you, you can't take on the mouse like this. But for DeSantis, he saw it as a an instant win. It was popular with his base. Ron DeSantis was praised far and wide on conservative media for taking on the woke corporation because by now the word woke had, you know, become a prominent part of Ron DeSantis's vocabulary. And Disney was the big woke enemy that he was fighting. Hmm. So they dissolved the district with very few details on how that would work out. And very quickly, local officials in the counties and areas surrounding Disney in Osceola County, Orange County, they said, you know, you take a part of this district. That means the debt burden, the billion-dollar debt burden that Disney carries and pays now. We'll have to pay that. You know, Reedy Creek takes care of services, roads they, Disney taxed itself at three times the local rate to pay for those things at a very high quality. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know it, the fear was by turning it over to, to the locals, number one, they couldn't afford, they'd have to raise taxes on local property owners. I think, you know, triple their taxes. And still it would be impossible to maintain the standards that Disney has within Reedy Creek. So all these unintended consequences, but perhaps someone should have thought it through. All those things started coming out very quickly after the district was resolved.
1: So that sounds like a bit of a miss on DeSantis's part. How did he readjust? He said that we'll figure it out within the next 12 months.
2: So he called another special session in February to replace the district. He said, we're not going to make people pay taxes. And we said we never would. So we're going to leave the district, but we're going to control it from Tallahassee. We're going to keep it a small board appointed by me, Ron DeSantis, and we're going to change the way business is done there.
1: Hmm. So who did he decide to appoint to this board? It's
2: five members. Three of them are attorneys. They're all either supporters, and and I think several of them have been financial donors to his campaigns. Uh, Three attorneys, uh, one um, co-founder, a woman who is a co-founder of Moms for Liberty, so, not a lot of diversity of opinion
1: here. No. And then, when the appointees of this board sort of showed up to do their work, were they able to do it? This new DeSantis board, at their
2: first meeting, found out that Disney, in one of their last dealings with the outgoing Reedy Creek board, had passed covenants that restricted almost anything that the new board would be able to do. Radically changed what the board. Would be able to oversee when it came to Disney developing new rides, new housing,
1: anything it wanted to do, and this contract was like sneaky is my understanding, right? Like didn't it didn't it say that the contract would be in place until two decades after the death of any descendants of King Charles the <laughs> like, Third? yeah, it, it, yeah. Like, <laughs> It had all this like weird language that was basically like, end this contract is forever, essentially, or at least until long past Ron DeSantis' reign.
2: Well, right, right. The Princess Lilibet clause, the uh, perpetuity thing. They did that. You know, I've got to wonder whether that was a dig or, or, or not. But the idea was that Disney did not want to turn over power of development to this board of people who knew nothing to this board of people who to even be appointed that you, you were, you could not have worked at a theme park in the past three years. So in other words, anyone with experience because that makes you an insider uh, who knows it, that was to me the most curious part of the laws. You don't want anyone with any experience at a theme park, recent experience, but so Disney, you could see why they would not want their, the future of their, you know, most famous uh, attraction to be left in the hands of a board of people who knew nothing about their business. So they did what they did, but they noticed it publicly. So it was out there for the world to see that they were going to be discussing these contracts, these things at, uh, at their last meeting as Reedy Creek. They uh, did what they needed to do to let the world know. They acted like county government had the meeting in public, you know, accepted public comment It was there. And the DeSantis board just didn't find out about it. Somebody wasn't watching. When they had their first meeting, it's like, oh, but we can't do anything. Disney is tied to our hands. The public perception is that he got outmaneuvered by the
1: mouse. We'll be back after a break.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: So just to recap, before Governor DeSantis's hand-picked board could take over Disney's Reedy Creek, the outgoing board gave all its power to Disney. And DeSantis, he was furious. He said the move amounted to self-dealing, that the contract in question was null and void. Within minutes of this, Disney sued. Their lawsuit rests on a couple of legal claims, that the governors violated a valid contract, and that lawmakers are trying to void Disney's property rights without payment of just compensation. But the main thrust is a free speech issue, that DeSantis is punishing the company for disagreeing with his politics. Lori Rosa says that might not be so hard to prove. Because he said as much, He's,
2: there has been no secret that he is upset with the way they objected to one of his pet policies, which is this, uh, the parental rights and education don't say gay bill. He said as much. He said as much in his book. The people the, the you know, legislators who took the bill to the House and Senate for him have said as much. They've said, yeah, we're targeting Disney.
1: Yeah. I it mean, it's interesting to me to look at Disney's positioning here because it's very clear that the company's not going anywhere in Florida. Like at a recent meeting, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, he announced the company's going to invest $17 billion in Florida over the next decade. They're, they're planning to create 13,000 jobs. That seems pretty big for your state. So they're definitely not pulling money out. I really, I found the timing of that announcement
2: interesting because I hadn't heard that. I mean, they, Disney had planned to move some offices from Burbank to Orlando, small-scale stuff. They got some tax breaks to do it. But this huge investment that I was talking about, that's only come out since the the, the feud began. So, you know, it's Disney kind of saying, Florida, look, we've been so good to you already, we're going to be even better. So, you know, how can you be
1: mad at us? Yeah, it feels like a real carrot and a stick approach, (laughs) sort of saying to the local politicians, like, look at all this stuff we're bringing you. But, you know, we got to clear up this other thing.
2: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's not a a bad PR move. And I'm sure it's more than that. But, Maybe not. So, but you know, DeSantis' board has countersued in state court. Uh, their complaint is that you know, basically, the it's been 55 years; it's uh, run its course. The special district, the state created you. The state can change you by changing this board. Um, and and this the board. The lawsuit also says that the, this is the will of the people, and um, DeSantis says that a lot. That this you know taking on disney making you know changing disney taking some of the, much of their power away is the will of the people which people
1: i guess is my question yeah and,
2: well you know and the, and the governor points to his uh, landslide re-election in november which is true numbers don't lie but i'm not sure if everyone who voted for him was voting for him because of his stance against disney yeah i don't think that that's you can draw out through a parallel now, but he does uh, at times you're saying that this is the, the the voice of the people, and and the board, his board, when they countersuit, it um, pretty much says the same thing. That this is the sovereign people's wish to um, control this board is to take away the power from one corporation.
1: Countersuing seems expensive. How is how is this board gonna support this battle they're mounting against Disney and what I assume is a whole squad of lawyers.
2: They said they're going to have to raise taxes within the district that they govern, which is Disney. So Disney will be paying to fight itself in court is what it looks like to me. Hmm.
1: How does that work? (laughs) I don't know how any of this works, Mary. I got to tell
2: you. It's unique. I mean, when, when Donald Trump was president, he now and then... Took on corporations saying, you know, maybe we'll take away some of your, you know, your favors for if if you're a tractor company that doesn't support my policies, whatever. He would do that, but he wouldn't follow through. This is DeSantis taking on the state's, state of Florida's biggest employer, and he's following through. How it works, I don't know. We've already had to have two special sessions to figure it out, and it's still not working because it's ended up in court. So I don't know how it works. I don't think anyone does.
1: Yeah. It just strikes me looking at all this. But Disney, Disney's got more at stake in this tug of war. Like, Ron DeSantis is one guy who's got presidential ambitions, sure. Disney's a multinational corporation. Are they evenly matched? I mean, some people
2: would say it's a mismatch going the other way. Disney has proven time and again over objections from all political sides that they're here to stay. And many people think that that's okay. They've built the Florida tourism industry. so. I don't get any sense that Bob Iger is worried about Disney. And in fact, one of my colleagues, Taylor Teffer, reported yesterday that the parks revenue for Disney was up, I think, 20% at the end of the last quarter. It's um, booming business. Other parts of Disney, you know, some of the streaming services, they are having some issues
1: there, but the theme parks are going great. You know what I can't stop thinking about, which is how this whole fight began, like, it began over this Parental Rights and Education Act, the thing everyone was calling Don't Say Gay. And it began because Disney sort of spoke out against it, said, we'll fight it. And we're reaching the end of the legislative session in Florida. The legislature just expanded that law. Am I right about that? You're right.
2: They did. They expanded it to um, to the eighth grade. And by an administrative
1: move with the Department of Education, it's expanded to the twelfth grade. So this law that started this battle where, you know, Ron DeSantis was saying, Disney can't control what I do. I'm going to restrict what people say in school. People aren't going to be able to talk about gender and sexuality. That is steamrolling forward. And in some ways, I feel like all of us are talking about this battle between (laughs) Ron DeSantis and Disney. But the thing that they were actually fighting about in the beginning that just keeps going. And that's a DeSantis win. If you want to look at it that way, that's
2: uh, you know, in the beginning last year it was like, you know, this is only for this mo- the, the, the younger children, you know, who's who's who needs to talk about uh, gender sexuality to a kindergartner. But, but you know, lots of folks uh, who opposed it realized at that time that it was going to be expanded. And, and it turns out they were right. And there was once again, a lot of opposition, in Tallahassee this year to the expansion of the Don't Say Gay Bill. But I didn't recall hearing anything from Disney this year on that.
1: Yeah. yeah. In some ways, I wonder if creating this fight with Disney distracted people and allowed the legislature to be even more extreme than they were originally. I, know, I think the plan was always to get it through all grades.
2: And the Disney fight was unexpected. It just popped up because of, you know, employees making their voices heard and finally the CEO making the corporation's voice heard. Yeah, I don't think the Disney fight, I don't think anybody
1: saw that coming. You know, you laid out how when Ron DeSantis started this fight with Disney, it was a real political winner for him. Do you think it still is? I can't tell. Can you? It is hard to tell
2: precisely, but his poll numbers have dropped a lot recently. Whether it's because of Disney or not, it's hard, it's impossible to say. But Disney is part of this because DeSantis has made his fight with Disney uh, front and center in the way he's trying to present himself to voters. Most of America either loves Disney or, you know, knows what it is. Disney World has been around so long in Florida that people who went as children now take their grandchildren. Even these Republican legislators who, you know, keep putting out this legislation to try to curb Disney, they love it. They say they love it. They, you know, they celebrate there. And as we mentioned, Rhonda Sanders was married there. So it does seem like a strange foe to to pick. But it's part and parcel of this, what he sees as an anti-woke agenda. And that's going to be hard for him
1: to back down from. Laurie, I'm really grateful for your time and for your reporting. Thanks for coming on the show.
2: Great. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed
1: it. Laurie Rosa covers Florida for The Washington Post. And that's our show. What Next is produced by Paige Osborne, Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Madeline Ducharme, and Anna Phillips. We're getting a ton of support right now from Laura Spencer. We are led by Alicia Montgomery with a little boost from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations. And I'm Mary Harris. You can go track me down on Twitter. Say hello.